0: All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast, episode 294. We're going to keep it short and sweet. We have our 15 questions for all the Western Conference teams. The season starts in 14 days, people. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music.
1: what up podcast world what's up everybody you know what it is
0: you know where you're at it's the follow-through with clips and drew the true players podcast episode 294 summer break is over preseason has started it's time to get back to work drew it's time to start putting in that work we had a fun little break nice little summer but now it's back to business it's time to do what we do best and that is podcasting and preseason has started drew and so much has happened we've seen uh wemby flex on chet chet flex on wemby we saw zion out there dunking. we've seen Porzingis with boston looking good like things are crazy right now but going off of our last show we went in detail about the dane trade and what that meant for the bucks and you know we did our 15 questions for the east we, we're gonna do our 15 questions for the west here coming up here on the show but uh My question for Boston was, what are they going to do without Marcus Smart? The heart and soul of the basketball team, and then lo and behold, guess what happens? They go out and get the best two-way point guard in the NBA, Drew Holiday. So they answered that question. Let's talk first about what it means for Boston right now, uh, picking up Drew Holiday, because in my opinion, it's absolutely huge. And from what I saw from Porzingis, I know it's just Porzingis, and it is a small sample size being the preseason whatnot. That is going to be a problem if that guy's healthy all year. And if they have Drew Holiday running the show for them, I don't know how you cannot take Boston coming out of the East number one. What do you think about that, Drew? Well,
1: it was a huge pickup for the Celtics in a in a year where the the hole of Marcus Smart was like everyone was curious about what was what were they going to do to fill that hole. And, you know, I think it's always a bad thing to start a season off with a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who you potentially had a done deal on a trade with and then that all falls apart at the last hour. Uh so having him on the roster while he's a, you know, consummate professional and I'm sure he would have just, you know, suited up and 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 gotten ready right down to business like he normally would. It's still weird. So they were able to get Brogdon out of there, right? They they were able to achieve two things for them, uh replacing Marcus Smart, and I think even improving upon Marcus Smart there I think if you just if you look at Marcus Smart and you look at Drew Holiday I would say most people would assume and correctly that Drew was the better player so they improved in that position they got rid of Mark uh, of Brogdon but it did cost them Robert Williams so it it does bring me directly to the Porzingis point who did look really good and I think can be a great great player for this team I think that the whole reason that they traded for him is because it it fits pretty nicely when you look at it uh, and him and Horford together, I think, will play really well. Uh, we'll see, you know, how long that lasts. And now the question does turn to uh, Joe Missoula as to, like, what the starting lineup will be. But just Drew Holiday alone is a huge, huge improvement. And I think vaults the Celtics, potentially even past the Bucs, which is what I was... I, I didn't know what they were going to do. And this move, to me, it it's close. It's really close between the Bucs and the Celtics, in my opinion. Super, super important move. I'm excited for Drew Holiday. He's going to fit the bill perfectly for this team. Um, it's so hard to call just right now who, of who I would pick between those two uh, when we're looking down at the end of the road uh, because of the injury history on both sides of those teams, the Bucks and the Celtics, Porzingis and Dame and Giannis and I. You know, it, it there's a there's a lot can, that can go wrong, uh, but you know, it's one A and one B, and I can't I can't name which is which, but that move really completes the Celtics team. You know, potentially they can go get another big man. That might be the next best thing for them to do, is try and snake some sort of seven-footer out there that's maybe an easy trade target or some sort of free agent. But uh really huge move for the Celtics. I think they should be stoked on this.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, just watching uh, Porzingis the other night was like, holy shit, this guy brings such a different look for the Celtics. Like how do you guard a seven? Th- we all know his potential and how good he could possibly be, but how do you guard a seven foot three guy that could take it to the rack that could shoot threes that could do all of this. It just brings a whole different dynamic to the team. And then I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, you ask anybody, they'll say, who would you rather have running the show drew holiday or Marcus smart? And they would say 100% drew holiday. So I love the move for the Celtics. I think it's absolutely huge. They crushed this off season. It's going to be really interesting. He hasn't played in a preseason game yet, but again, it's time to overreact during preseason. Uh, It's I I compared it the other night when we were all all together. It's like a soft opening at a restaurant, you know, try some things out, try some plates, see how the customers react. You know, most of these teams, there's three or four guys competing for one, one spot or like two, two way spots. Um, But it's just great to have basketball back. Drew, you know how excited I am. I got to see my Clippers play. Uh, Kawhi has played in both games, but before we get into a little preseason talk and some house cleaning, before we get into our, uh, 15 questions for the West, you know, we got to give an update on this Harden talk. And I'm so sick of talking about Harden with you, with our friends, with people in the public. Like I, I am so over it now. I, people have thrown me different scenarios about how I should, you even try this the other night, how I should want Harden. Right. And at this point, I just don't want Harden anymore. And I'm really proud of the Clippers right now for not taking the bait and giving because in the past we would give up exactly what people wanted to get Harden. And like, I just do not see how this is going to work for the Clippers with Russell, with Kawhi, with PG and with James Harden on the team, how this is going to work. I'm seeing the Clippers in training camp how absolutely happy they look. I've never seen Kawhi Leonard this happy, smiling so much, which kind of makes me nervous in a way because we haven't seen this kind of emotion from him. We're seeing how great Russell Westbrook uh, is 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 working with the team and working with Bones Highland. You know, he did his own um, training camp in Vegas where he invited everybody out. They did their own team, team training camp and he bought everybody iPhone 15s. He just looks extremely happy to be there. I don't want to fuck with this chemistry right now. I really don't. And- you know, you, get, you came over the other night. Uh, Douchebag John was with us. We were watching Wembo's game, and we had a nice conversation about it. And the one thing I haven't heard, like I heard from uh, Paul George when we were get, going for Russell Westbrook, is I hasn't, haven't heard anybody be out outwardly speaking about how, wow, we really want James Harden on the team. Paul George was a huge advocate. Let's get Russ. Kawhi Leonard's like, I've known Russell my for pretty much my whole you know, teen and adult life. I want this guy on the team. Nobody's coming out there saying, yo, Harden's the guy to get. The more I think about it, I you know, and a lot of people online, a lot of the Clipper pages are like, you guys don't get it. If you don't want James Harden, you don't want to win now. And I'm not looking at it like that. I'm seeing like, the potential in Bones Highland. I know he's a little erratic. So is Jamal Crawford, right? This guy's young. He's got young legs. He's got Russell there to help mentor him and train him. He looks great in preseason. And this guy's a hooper. Terrence Mann is in You know, in his 54th year. He's gotten better every single year. I don't want to give up any of these young assets for what we know we're going to get from James Harden, which is a guy that's going to be pissed off at the end of the year, no matter what, and a guy that seldomly shows up in the playoffs. I know that he had a great... One great game, two great games in the last one. Then in the last playoffs, but he was a stinker at the end, and then wanted to get out of there. I don't want to. I don't want to do this again with James Harden. I'd rather we just deal with the pieces that we have. Let's see how this all looks in December, and but on the other end, is I. I, I think the Clippers can win this staring contest with James Harden. Now the last thing that was on the table was the Clippers have been offering one unprotected first-round pick and a pick swap for James Harden. I don't even want to give up the unprotected first-round pick right here. And I don't see any other buyers on the board. Like, there's fun things to talk about and where James Harden can go, but it seems like the Clippers are the only one throwing the offer out. So I think if if we can win the staring contest with the 76ers and settle for the pick swap, two pick swaps, then I'd be okay with it. But then again, I, I just don't know where he's going to fit on the team, Drew. Talk talk me in to wanting James Harden on the team with a healthy Kawhi. Let's just, let's just plan that Kawhi and PG are going to be healthy all year.
1: Pipe dream, I know. Well, if, if Kawhi and PG are healthy all year, you definitely don't need James Harden. So that's a tough one for me to talk you in. That's a tough scenario for me to talk yeah. you into because the whole idea of getting James Harden is the coverage. When, yeah, for when Kawhi and PG miss, because that's the more likely scenario. Uh, if you get a if you get a season where Kawhi and PG are healthy the whole year, uh, I won't matter if Russell Westbrook or or James Harden or whoever else is on the squad, they're going to win a lot of games and you're going to make the playoffs and you'll make a great run. The, the, the case for James Harden is pretty straightforward. He led the league in assists last year. I think he can do that same thing for the Clippers. If he brings that same type of mentality. So that's contrary to the reports that came out of Houston recently about why he didn't end up going to the Rockets because he wanted to return to his, you know, leading the NBA in scoring type of form. And that's not what the Clippers need. That's not what any team, I don't think any team in the NBA is looking for that from James Harden. What most teams might be intrigued with, and maybe there's only a handful, as you say, there might there might only be two or three teams who actually are interested in James Harden. But I know what they're interested in most likely is the facilitator, James Harden, that we saw last season. And if he brings that type of mentality to the Clippers organization, and he is, a, I think, a very, very good passer and can still score you know, when he needs to, can hit an open shot, uh, makes his free throws. But, you know, it's an obvious reason why some Clipper fans would want James Harden. He's a fucking Hall of Fame player, top it. 75 player, all that stuff. His resume speaks for itself. And I think having that kind of a guy in the system with Paul George and Kawhi and whoever else would make a lot of sense on the floor in a vacuum, right? If we're if we're not talking about extracurriculars, what he's doing off the floor, where is he, where is he spending his time, what what type of shape is he in, will he get injured, all that other stuff. If you just look at the way he could play basketball with those guys, it's pretty intriguing and, and really exciting. The problem is we don't play – NBA is not in a vacuum, obviously. And I think you, you kind of touched on something there that makes – That makes the biggest point to me. And it's it's the lack of like desire, seeming lack of desire from Kawhi and Paul George to get the deal done for James Harden. Because it does feel like if those two guys wanted it, it would have already happened. Parents man would be gone. Exactly. Would be going on it, they, i think you know based on how much the organization has listened to Kawhi from from the very very first day of him being a clipper even before he was a clipper they were listening to his requests i think had he or paul george for that matter been like let's go let's get it let's go get james harden like where what do they want they want fucking bones highland and marcus morris or they want you know even if it's Norman Powell, like I, if they wanted it done, it would have been done, I think. So I think this is the the, the, the the most major point is that I don't see those guys actively wanting James Harden on the team. And because of that, that should dead any conversations that are taking place at all, even if it's for a pick swap. Right? I think if you don't want him there, mm-hmm. if your stars don't want him there, then you just don't get him. You have to let you have to let him sit and and figure it out. But I mean, look, maybe Paul maybe Paul and Kawhi would be cool with getting James Harden without giving up anybody. So if it's a scenario where you're talking about where they just give a first round and a, a pick swap or two, then maybe they're like, cool, we'll do that. But it just, right. it seems like there is a lack of desire to get the deal done from those two guys. And that's uh, really important.
0: I totally agree. And I, you know, uh, one of my Clipper friends hit me up too, like, we've seen bones in training camp we we know this guy's potential i think bones is going to be a really really good basketball player and he got a lot of burn in the first two games i see the potential i see this second team you know some games starting as our starting point guard i see him winning basketball games for us and it just looks like such a clipper thing that you know all right we'll throw in bones highland to get James Harden over here and then I think we're losing a really great asset for us so I'm just at the point right now where I don't want to touch it I don't want to touch James Harden Um, I think our vibes are too nice right now and you know even Russell Westbrook who's played with the guy grew up with the guy and you know he's rookie with the guy isn't out here being super uh, supportive of that deal and that's just really concerning to me so but then like you said at the end of the day how do you say no to James Harden if it's for a pick swap? You know,
1: that's right. just what it is. And if it gets to that price point, then it almost feels negligent to to not try it, mm-hmm. because when it's at that price point, if it doesn't work, fucking trade him again or mm-hmm. cut him, like you know, just some sort of buyout or something, and you can move on without really you know feeling like you were gutted or mm-hmm. or you know risking an actual player like Bones Highland. If it gets to that point, but this is the thing, Daryl Morey is patient. If we know one thing, he is a patient guy. He waits to get what he wants. Uh, look at the the way that he got James Harden the, in the first place. He waited and waited, and then the Brooklyn Nets finally were like, fine, we'll take Ben Simmons, and we'll give you exactly what you want. We'll give you James freaking Harden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Harden really isn't a bind here, because Harden is, is really kind of at the mercy of what Daryl Morey decides. Uh, and I just don't see that decision coming very quick. I know I said that about... Damian Lillard, and it did take a while. By the way, it took almost you know three months for the Dame Lillard trade to happen. I thought it was going to take even longer. Dame uh, Lillard didn't call his GM a liar though, and I'll never but, play
0: for you again.
1: And he's a much more desirable player. Like he he is. He had not not. I mean, he was doing his best to just say only Miami was interested, but that's not the case at all. When they, you know half of the league, maybe more teams would have been interested in acquiring Damian Lillard, and that just clearly isn't the case right now for James Harden. Uh, so I do think, and especially given Maury's history, uh, I think he'll wait. He'll wait until somebody needs him, right? Like, and this is the thing: is like he can wait until November, December, January, when when eventually somebody gets injured. Somebody out there on a contending team is going to get injured. We mm-hmm. don't know what place that's going to happen at, or who it's going to go going to go down to the injury, but. Every season, it happens, and someone will go fuck. All right, like, what do you want? You want to, you want a first, and you want somebody else, you know, that can play right now, and and the deal will happen. I think that way, more so than than in the next couple of weeks before training camp camp is over, before the start of the season.
0: Yeah, if we were looking, if if Kawhi was coming off of another knee, I mean, he's coming off of <laughs> knee surgery and whatnot, or Paul, if PG had you know shoulder issues and he wasn't going to be playing till December, then I think yeah. That's when you make the play like, holy shit, we, we need we need somebody in here. And I just don't think that at this particular time that we should be doing anything more than um, pennies on the dollar for James Harden. Uh, a couple other things in the news, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but we kind of called uh, that this was going to happen. Kai Jones, the Hornets have officially waived like right before we started this show. Oh, they've boy. officially waived uh, Kai Jones and you know, I don't think it's a huge loss for the Hornets because he's two points a game. He's obviously uh, on some, I don't know what he's on. And we tried to explain it on, on our last show or the show prior. Uh, he definitely needs a little bit of help. There was a, there was a really funny Twitter exchange between him and Terrence Ross and T. Ross was like, you know, is this guy? Well, is he okay? And, and Kai Jones responds with, yeah, I'm the GOAT. Check my highlights. And then Terrence Ross says, so no, no, you're (laughs) not okay. And I don't, I don't think he is. And he, I think he came out on Twitter and said, I'm going to ask for a trade. And look, I just, I don't think people want to waste their time with this right now. I don't think organizations and there's there, he has a huge upside, like shit, you can't get any more athletic than Kai Jones. I'm sure people can really use a guy like that, but the headache that's coming with it, everything. And, and this is all his own fault. Like he's the one putting all this stuff on front street, acting as, as erratic and wild as he is like, you kind of, uh, you, you force the hand of the Hornets who, who, who would probably would have let a lot of that slide, you know, cause they need whatever talent they can down there. Um, but he's officially waived. I don't, I don't see another team picking him up anytime soon. Did you find it? I mean, I'm not shocked,
1: right? Well, I'm bummed out. I mean, me, yeah, some of the videos that came out in the offseason were concerning, and we did talk about it on the air. But now I'm just, like, bummed out that it seems like that hasn't stopped. And, like, where is his agent? Where is his family? Where are these people that should be helping him? Where is the NBA? Like, where, for that matter? Like, what what can we do to help this kid? Because he is a super talented basketball player. Very, like, uh, raw, athleticism. Like, one of the highest jumpers in the NBA, I think, without a doubt, is Kai Jones. Uh, and has a lot of potential to become an actually good NBA basketball player, which he is currently not. So that's the unfortunate part and speaks to your point. I don't know who's going to pick him up, especially given what's going on over the last couple weeks here. But I do think he needs, like, the people around him need to step up a little bit here and try and get him back on track uh, because he is talented, and it would be a waste for him to exit like this. So I I hope the NBA and and his his people – Kai's people can rally around him right now because um, it could be a really shitty way to exit and the potential end of his career.
0: And he was like in the perfect place. It's the perfect place for you to be is in Charlotte. There's absolutely Absolutely. zero expectations. You can get better. You can be the running part. Another running partner for Lamelo, and uh, he just obviously doesn't see that. I hope he gets a little help, man. He he obviously needs a little bit of help. Um, Another thing that came out this week, Drew, was Embiid said he would pick the USA to play for in the Olympics. And I thought that was a lot of a lot of these our main guys are co-signing and they're all want to sign up and and play. And they want to be part of the I know you didn't like it, but I saw the the dream team, the redeem team, and then the remind team. And I like that. I like the name of the remind team. Mm -hmm. Um but then some sources came out and said that, yo, the coaches aren't even sold on all these guys yet. Like everybody's (laughs) claiming they're going to play but (laughs) The the coaches haven't picked them yet. So I I think it's great that Embiid, I'm pretty sure Embiid will be. He should make the list. He should make the list. But this goes back to the point we made a couple shows ago. Like it'd be really nice to have a lot of our top 20 guys, top 25 guys, come on in and do a a freaking training camp, a tryout like they used to do and see who wants it the most, who wants it the best. I'm all for this. What do you think about that?
1: I love that idea. And I think that's probably what's going to happen uh, when they select the team. There should be, you know, a few weeks leading up to kind of figure out, okay, what 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 team do we want to build, right? Because it is about that in the, in the, in the end. Uh, we can and have in the past put out really talented teams that just were not cohesive, and we lose games when you do that. So my hope is that they will put together a team uh, strategically, uh, filling roles that are required with the best available players, that fit together, right? So it, it may mean uh, when it comes time that one or two people will be left off the team that we might be surprised why, but I'm okay with that if we still have a really strong team and there's a plan in place, and it looks like you know this team is it wants to be there, wants to play together, wants to win a, a gold medal. Um, I was shocked that Embiid chose the United States. I didn't even know it. there was an option for him. Like I understand that he's been here for a long time, he's lived in, lived in the U.S. for. You know, since since college. Right. So for it's been whatever, over a decade now. Um, And I love it. I'm stoked. I mean, he's incredible. I thought for sure he was going to be going to France or, uh, you know, back home in Africa. But he, he decided to put his name in the ring for the US. And I think that's massive massive for uh, the United States. So he should definitely be on <laughs> the roster kind of regardless, uh, and we can build it around him potentially. But it sounds like the Revengers, by the way, is the name I'm going to go with because I think that's just better. It is we better. lost, we lost, and so we're we're, we're taking our revenge here. Uh, it's going to be a LeBron James-led project. And so the thing that I'm, I'm a little interested in is whether or not the coaching staff is buying in on LeBron being ready and better potentially better than the rest of these guys that are throwing their name in the ring i think he should be on there it, it was him that seemed to have started this charge and he's brought in a lot of other guys kd steps gonna play it sounds like uh and Bede and and just to name a few there's been a bunch of other guys that are like ready to go so uh but you know lebron will be it'll be another year <laughs> and he's gonna adam be silver would
0: love lebron In the Olympics, come on, that's. I I want it. I want it as well,
1: and I think he can be the leader, and they should do that. But you know, could a coach say no to LeBron? Like,
0: could is is there a clause? Is he? I don't know. I don't know.
1: But you know, how earth shattering would that be if LeBron leads the charge, and then Steve Kerr is just like. They're like, Actually, you know what? We like
0: Jalen Brown. We like Jalen Brown right now,
1: Braun. Sorry. I, we really appreciate you gathering all these guys, but it feels like maybe you'd be better as an uh, assistant head coach. How do we do this? <laughs> GM? <laughs> oh, that would be so humbling for Braun. That would never
0: happen, but I, I get that, dude. that. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen either. I mean, look, it's LeBron freaking James. If he wants mm-hmm. to play for Team USA one last time, and it's his last, probably his last time, then mm-hmm. – Fucking let him run out there and win a gold medal. I'm excited to, to see Steph in a US jersey. Uh, I, there's no chance. I mean, even with just the guys that we have mentioned briefly, we should be winning every game by 30 points. So uh, it should you know be what fun. would be great, too, is just for the hell of it, invite Carmelo,
0: like, invite him to the tryout. Sign him to a ten day before the tryout or whatever. Make him an NBA player. We don't again. need
1: players right now. I think he's going to have That's to true. sign up for whatever tournaments the year after the the, the, gold, the Olympics because he could probably he should have probably been on the team that was out there uh, this summer. Definitely uh, in Japan and Singapore could have made that one. I don't know if he's going to be uh, considered for the Olympics. At you this
0: don't time. think he could beat out Jason Tatum for a shot?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be it might be tighter than I think, but I I'm going to give it to Tatum a little bit here.
0: All right, so on our last show we did uh our 15 questions that we had for uh the Eastern Conference teams. And before this season starts, shit, I, I, how many days do we got? It's the 11th right now. Clippers opening night is we got 2 weeks. 2 weeks Incredible. from today. We,
1: I can't believe we're in October by the way already. I just I just I
0: can't believe we're watching basketball again. It's great. I'm so happy. <laughs> so happy. So happy this is happening. Um let's do our 15 questions for the Western Conference teams, Drew. And I kind of want to start with the Spurs. We're going to start at number 15. Okay. We're going to start at the bottom of the barrel, the Spurs. So I think obviously the question is, uh, you know, what are we going to do about Wembo? What are we to expect from Wembo? Like no matter what this guy does, it's probably going to be not enough for a lot of people. Uh, what are, what are the numbers going to be looking like from him? We got to see him versus Chet the other night. And I, you know, people throw the word around a lot. Like this guy's a video game. We even said it when we were watching him the other night. It really is like, this guy is a legit video game basketball. It kind of feels unfair. It it, 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 that's why it's it like, a little bit like he's
1: players. like, yeah, like he's cheating somehow just cause he's not supposed to be that big. You're like, you're not, you're not supposed to be that big. You're not
0: and be able to move like that and shoot like that. And it was just so funny that the two skinniest players in the NBA both flex on each other after moves. You got Wembo and then you got Chet flexing on each other. And Chet's another story that we'll get to. No muscles to be found on during that flex. Zero. Um, So it's kind of like, what are we going to expect from Wembo and I want to know who the man is. Like, who is the vet on that team, right? So, is Wembo, who's the 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 golden child right now, Devin Vassell just got his one hundred thirty five million dollar five year deal, which still shocks me that the Spurs couldn't throw a fricking offer at Austin Reeves for ninety million. But you are going to give this cat one thirty five. Is it is it Keldon Johnson? Is it Devonte Graham, who's probably the the vet on the team? Is Devonte Graham? Who's going to be the leader of the team? And while we're not expecting them, I'm not expecting them to make play-in. I'm expecting them to probably be right around here, uh, maybe not 15th, but probably in the in the 12 to 14, maybe 11 to 14 range, because they are a little bit better than people think that they are. Uh, but I, I want to know who the guy is on the team. Is Wembo too young to like come in there and be like, all right, guys, obviously this is my team, my franchise. This is how
1: we're going to run shit. Who, who do you, what do you think the pecking order is after Pop? Tim Duncan is number two. <laughs> that's uh, <true>. Tony Parker, <laughs> then Manu Ginobili. There's your leadership core. Uh, <laughs> that's who they're going to be leaning on a little bit here this year. This is a learning experience here. There's a reason that Pop signed an extension, and it wasn't a one-year extension. The time is not now. Uh, I look around at the West Coast, uh, the Western Conference, and I don't see a team that is worse than the Spurs, even with the unicorn of Victor Banyama. Mm-hmm. There is not a team that's worse than them. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument. Like I, I went through it. Like Portland, maybe. Uh, but I, they, they're exciting. We'll probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna get into the rest of these teams. But like, mm. this is this is my point of view. And I am also uh, along the side, like, uh, I have the same sentiment around why they didn't go after not just Austin Reeves in the offseason, but just more veteran or big-name players that they could have thrown some money at. Uh, and my question is, like, will they make a trade? Like, this is this is the question. is Like, are, are they are they okay with being 15th again and, and just having this be the season where Victor gets his feet underneath him and you try to get uh, Keldon Johnson, Devin, Devin Vassell as much reps as possible get them really cooking and then maybe you look at next year uh get some more players in the draft and then drop some free agency money around i don't know what that's going to look like and that's my question is like is there going to be a point in time where they go well maybe we don't want to be 15th and maybe we will trade for Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier and then boom we have a team that's tremendously better right like you you could probably trade for one or both of those guys and and Charlotte would probably uh, say okay to that, especially if he threw in a couple picks in there. I'm not saying that they should do that move specifically, but it's an example of something they could do to immediately change their roster and become more competitive. So that's my question. Will Will they be very comfortable being the worst team potentially in the West, potentially in the whole NBA, uh, while Victor is just going to play you know, one in every two games or uh, maybe two in every three games type of a deal and so he doesn't get injured? Or are they gonna actually try and ramp up a little bit and see what this team can do at this young stage?
0: Well, I I actually like Devin Vassell and I like Keldon Johnson. Yeah. You know, I think they do have a decent little core there. And maybe when you see just how good Wembo might be or is, that they might attract. I know it's hard to attract free agents to go to San Antonio. They draft well, and so maybe they can. I just don't know how long this the project's gonna be, right? And then when I asked the question about the numbers, like this kid can can do twenty ten and four a night in his rookie year, which would be absolutely insane. Do you do you, do you think that's good enough? Do you think people will be okay with that? What, what what do you think the media and the fans are projecting this kid to to have his rookie year?
1: Uh well, Paolo scored twenty points a game last year. Um, I think that's probably what people will expect, right? If he gets to the twenty points per game, I personally don't think he's going to do that. I think a good season from him is you play 60-ish games uh you don't get injured and you get maybe 16-8 and the blocks should be there so 16-8 and maybe 3 or 4 blocks a game should wow. be a great uh, rookie, rookie year rookie year huge, yeah. huge and you know he's he I I saw it today and it could be false false info but he's weighing in at 229 so a good season for me is him doing 16, 8, and 4 and gaining uh, you know, a couple pounds a month. Like, can we get you up to 240, mm. 245 by the end of the year? <laughs> like that's no way. that's kind of what I and, and it's not gonna happen, right? He's mm-hmm. just so lean and he's so young and and his metabolism is just through the roof and all that stuff. But like, can we put some pounds on you during this season would be like a better goal. <laughs> right. Uh, and 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 not be injured, right? So I Look, if he does 20 and 10 and four and people are complaining, right. then that's fucking insane. And they should take a, a deep breath. Uh, because the truth of the matter is, just like Giannis, this is a project for this kid. He he's I think he's head and shoulders above as far as uh basketball technical skills, above where Giannis was when Giannis entered the league. Definitely. Uh and it took Giannis seven, six, five, six, seven years to get, you know, pretty freaking good. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God. He's the best player on the planet. And I think that's kind of the path that I'm taking with Victor. I'm going to give this dude plenty of time to bulk up, get better, learn how to play the NBA game uh, and, uh, and continuing to improve. That's the other thing It's like the guy seems like he loves the game. Seems like he loves to work on it. seems like he wants to get better. Uh, and I think he will. So uh, I still don't know if he's going to win rookie of the year. You know, I think that's a, that's a major question. But I think he has the talent and the capability to do so without a doubt. But I won't be holding him to as high of a bar as maybe some others.
0: Uh, 14th is Houston. My least favorite team to watch last year. But this year is potentially my most interesting team to watch. <laughs> and one thing, obviously, if you listen to the show, I am very big on adults in the room. I want to know if the new additions of Ime Udoka, if Fred Van VanVleet, with these additions with adults in the room are going to really help this basketball team be a play in team. If you really look at the potential, the just the sheer potential of the players on the Houston Rockets, even though shout out to Dylan Brooks getting tossed out of the game 3 minutes into the game last night for already punching somebody in the balls. <laughs> already unbelievable. My like, god, you had two great weeks, Dylan. And and again, I'm I'm fine with Dylan Brooks. I'm glad that Houston gave him a shot. But look, I posted on our page a picture of Fred VanVleet sitting with Jalen Green at the arena, spitting game to him, teaching him uh, probably all the things that Jalen Green needs to know. And I I really think it's a it's a big big deal for some of these guys, these AAU cats who really haven't had an OG, had a vet, sit him down and really school him to how this basketball game works. Now, look, you have a lot of athletic potential on the team. There's talent everywhere. But how do you utilize the talent? You get a head coach in there who can deal with these kind of personalities. You bring in, you overpay a championship point guard to teach your Jalen Green how to play. And you recognize that Houston has a shit ton of talent, whether it's Jabari Smith or Sengun, who I freaking love. I think this guy is going to be legit, legit. Uh, You see, Cam Whitmore is going to get his chance now. uh, Now that KPJ is not going to be playing for Houston anymore. Um, Amen, Thompson. Amen. Yeah, amen too. Like, come on, man. Look, look at all the people that we're just mentioning. That's absolutely insane. Um, You know, can they become an elite backcourt? Uh, with Sanguna and Jabari Smith, like these guys have all the talent in the world. So I just want to know if overpaying for Fred Van Vliet, which we all know he was, we kind of knew he was going to get that kind of bread. If this was the perfect guy to bring in and can they be a play in basketball
1: team? That's a good question. I think mine's kind of similar. It's a, in a similar vein, right? Because the West is so freaking good, they're not going to make the playoffs. I just don't, I don't see that. Happen. Really? I really don't think they're going to okay. make it. Look, they they brought in Fred Van bleet and Dylan Brooks, right? This isn't, this isn't the right. fantastic duo, but it is a nice veteran, something that Houston hasn't had a, a bit of in quite some time. And the question that I have is around Ime and what he can get out of this team. I think the the Rockets should view themselves as a very similar position to the Spurs, in that this should be a growth year, right? If you out if you outdo your expectations, then then that's a positive. You got to take that. And those expectations should be pretty freaking low. Um, the, so my question is, can Ime Udoka get this team to play defense? Right? He brought in Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Those guys can play defense and will. Brooks especially will will play a lot of defense. But that's only two guys. The rest of these guys are very young. They come from the AAU ball type of style. or They don't play a whole lot of defense until you get to the NBA. And then you either are in a situation where you have to start playing defense immediately because you're in a team that is going for the playoffs, a team that wants to win, a team that's trying to win a championship, or you end up in a scenario just like Houston has been in for the last couple seasons where they are not trying to compete. They are not trying to win games, and you don't have to play defense. So it's a huge shift for these young guys who's had – you know, one or two seasons in the NBA, it's going to be a drastically different experience under Emei Udoka, which I think is a positive. Yes. But it's just like, can he get the young guys to buy into the defense? Um, or or are we going to see the departure of some of those young guys over the course of this year and next year? And and namely, Jalen Green. Like, I think Jalen Green is so talented. I think he is uh, uh, so much fun to watch play the game of basketball at times. Uh, and other times he's like, pull your hair out, frustrated, uh-huh. fr- frustrating to watch. Uh, and I think this is a pretty pivotal year for him with this new head coach, because I I think Ime Udoka will not hesitate to trade a guy that isn't buying in, that isn't yep. fully 10 toes down and in line with everything that they want. Uh, and so and that just doesn't go for Jalen Green, but it, I think especially goes for him because He has, he has (laughs) weirdly like a lot of experience on that team. (laughs) You know, he's one of the more experienced guys. He was one of the higher draft uh, uh, picks that they made. And I think he has one of the highest ceilings of anyone, but he's now going to be fighting four minutes with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks potentially. And that's not going to be easy because those guys signed big money deals to be there. And that means they want him on the court. So, uh, I I did a lot there with with my question but can Eme get this team to buy in and play defense is my question and if they can maybe they can actually do something clips. maybe they can pop into the 11 or 10 seat and and shake some shit up and and just go on a run I just don't think they have the depth to do that and I don't know if if Eme will get full buy in from this team Uh
0: I think you hit it on the head the, the funny thing is is like you're absolutely right if if you don't like they had, it. they're coming from a coach that to me watching, it was like they could basically walked all over, right? Yeah. They walked all over Silas. And now you got this guy here where it's like, if you don't buy in, you not only will you not be playing, but we will ship your ass out for the best available offer that we have because Ime is not there to lose, right? Like, I think he's the perfect guy. He, you know, even given all the stuff that he went through, this guy wants to make his name right again. And I think he's going to do everything in his power for them to at least, I think they'll be super respectable if they can get to the play-in tournament. Like, I think that would be a huge leap for them. And uh, I don't, that's like, that's how, I, I don't think it could be any farther than, than a play-in tournament, but a play-in tournament would be a win for the Houston Rockets this year. I'm just really excited to watch them. I, I, I love Shangoon, and I think once they realize that he's probably the best player on that team i think so Jalen green has the potential jabari Smith does too but like this kid and then amen like we we talked about like this kid is super super nice so they're gonna be exciting to watch i know i said that last year and then they were just like it was so horrible to watch in fourth <laughs> quarters. Not, it and, was not exciting <laughs> no but you know what wasn't exciting about all that was it was kpj at the end of games like that's what <laughs> it was so maybe you get rid of something and you'll bring something new in; it'll make them better. Moving on to Portland, thirteen. Um, my my question is like everybody's question on this: is how are they gonna? How is Portland gonna respond after the post Dame era? Right? Like, how are they gonna respond this season? Uh, is Scoot gonna be as welcomed as um, as we we hope that he is up there? And I think he will. He's not Dame Lillard; he will never be Dame Lillard. But Scoot is a guy. That I think the fans are going to end up loving. I think he's he's ready to hop into that leadership role. But how is the Trailblazers going to respond during the post Dame era? That's all they're going to talk about throughout the whole year, probably. Scoot's probably going to get super sick and tired of the questions of Dame and whatnot. But um, that's just my question. How like are they going to compete? I know you think Portland might be pretty bad on paper. We're we're seeing like damn, you know, Simons is is ready for for. A, a green light breakout year he's kind of always had not dame holding him back but dame's getting 30 shots a night simons is the guy that can come in and play uh you know we we, we all have talked about scoot enough we got robert williams there we have the Shaden sharp there was going to be good DeAndre another bat what's that deandre ayton ayton's gonna be there like i i think the team has potential it's about how billups can put it all together and be a competitive basketball team but how will the portland trailblazers do post dame
1: yeah and the billups is a big one that's a big question he's had a tough time up there right like i think when he took the job he was like oh this will be cool i have a, a superstar in dame and maybe mm-hmm. we're gonna build and and the owner is you know is is willing to spend big money to to bring and try and bring guys in and Uh, you know, they flash a cash with Jeremy Grant, but I think Chauncey is going to be tested this year. Um, and he may be one of those kind of coaches that that's fired in the middle of the season. Uh, but I don't know what their expectations are. And I don't know how long-term they view Chauncey as their head coach. Uh, to me, this is a team that is right there with San Antonio. I think Houston might have a little bit more, um, going for them with their depth. I mean, they're so Houston is they're young, but they're deep. Um, and I don't know how deep Portland is all of the guys that are good on that team uh, are injury prone, (laughs) just, just frankly speaking, uh, except for maybe Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant's pretty good and he stays on the court, but Aiden's had problems. Robert Williams can't stay healthy. Malcolm Brogdon was denied the first trade because he's not healthy. (laughs) So I just, I, I think, you know, it, it can look pretty good on paper. You look at their lineup, you go, Hey man, I could buy into that. But when it all comes down to it, I think you're going to be seeing less and less of those big guys. I look, I don't. The question, I guess, my question is like, does Portland view Chauncey Billups as the guy that can start this path without Dame, right? To to piggyback off of your question, like, what does it look like post Dame? And then who can lead them into this post Dame era? And is that Chauncey Billups or is that supposed to be somebody else? Is that, are they going to look potentially this year or next? Uh, whenever Chauncey's deal is up, and try and bring in somebody that they think can build a culture, and that's kind of what I'd be looking at uh, for this season. I, I don't have a lot of expectations for this team, right. obviously, um, and I think they're going to be fun. I think I think it's going to be fun to watch Scoot Henderson play, but when going back to Detroit, when Jeremy Grant is your best player, and I think that's currently their best player, uh, they lose games. So. Jeremy was the best player in Detroit for probably three seasons, or at least took the most shots. Uh, And that Detroit team was terrible. So I I just kind of think that's what we're in for for Portland, even though Simons and the rest of these guys should get more shots. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Grant is the highest paid player in the organization, and they made him so very recently. So I just think we might be in for another version of Detroit circa Jeremy Grant era.
0: Yeah, Jeremy Grant cannot be your best player on your basketball team
1: if you want if you want to compete to make the playoffs. He's and a whatnot. good player, and this is I nothing, know. nothing against Jeremy. I think he's a fantastic basketball player, but I just you know. I don't know how, how they're (laughs) going to look to me.
0: I think, I think Chauncey just needs to come up with a game plan to just roll the ball out and let these dudes hoop, like just ball. They got it. They got a lot of legs on that team. I think scoot is ready and willing to be the guy. Like I know I'm 19, but I'm ready to, I'm ready to be the captain of the team. I want to be the guy. Uh, And he's going to set the tone all year. The guy's going to come to plays and be in the gym early. He's going to set the tone for the team. Uh, Just roll the ball out and, and, and try your best, you know, uh, they're going to be curious. I'm going to be watching and scoot all year. So I know we all are Uh, moving on to Utah. You know, we saw a lot of glimpses of Utah Mm -hmm. last season. Super nice. We were so big on them in the beginning of the year. It was a bunch of lunch pail cats, you know, marking coming, coming to work every day, turning into the star, the all-star that he was, but it was a bunch of lunch pail guys that knew how to play basketball together. The basketball they were playing at one point last year was like, I remember being on the show being like, that's how you play basketball. Like these guys, no selfishness, no nothing. Um, And then it kind of all dwindled. You have injuries and it didn't turn out the way it should have been. But my question is with the addition of John Collins, who I like and the Clippers played uh, Utah both nights Got to see them. I think my question is Keontae George, right? Like, is that could this guy potentially be the steal of this draft? All the the scouting reports, everything about this kid is he is just a straight bucket, a hooper. I got to see some of him, again, the past two games preseason, and the kid's real nice. Could this guy be the best steal in the draft? I do think, man, it's funny because every one of the teams we're talking about, I'm like, they have potential to be the play-in team. all all these guys have potential to be Utah is definitely up there. I think you bring a, a lob threat, a different, um, uh, you know, a different look on the team with John Collins there, uh, especially like with Colin Sexton, there was a couple lobs that Sexton was throwing to him. Sexton's going to be on the second team, but Keontae George, I want to see what this kid can do. And I want to see if potentially come April or, uh, yeah, come April, we're talking about Keontae George in the rookie of the year conversation.
1: I like that question. I think this team actually has more potential to be in the in the scenario where they were last year. I, I actually see them fighting for a play in spot this year if they want it. Right. So like the first question I have is, do they want that or are they comfortable with, you know, kind of falling out towards the end of the year and, and then being in the mix for another lottery draft? I don't know where they're at with their heads on that. I don't know what Danny Ainge is thinking on that and like whether they're actually going to go ahead and push the green light. But I view them the way that I viewed OKC uh, probably two, three years ago, right? Like they, I think they have some stuff going on there. They got good players. They could finally push the pedal. And then it took OKC a, a few more seasons to actually go, fine, here's the green light. We got these guys. We're going to go run it out. And we saw what they were able to do last year when the first time that they were able to be competitive uh, for, for a whole season without actively trying to lose games. So if the Jazz want to, I think they can get into the play-in. Uh, John Collins fits in beautifully, but my question is about their all-star last year and Laurie Markkinen. And for those that aren't aware, he decided to go enlist in the military this year, uh, in the Finnish military. And it's a awesome thing that he's doing. It's, yeah, I think it's a part of, uh, your citizenship in Finland. It's, you know, I think a lot of countries have this mandatory, you know, one, two, three year service, uh, for all at- males, uh, once you get to a certain age. Uh, but I, it was very curious to me why he would decide to do that now. I understand it might have been forced on him or whatever, but can he be the same player as last year? Can he capitalize on what he's done last season this year without, with having that massive break, with not being in the gym all the time and used to his regular off-season routine, w- working on his game? And I think he probably was able to do a little bit of that while he was in the military, but it's not going to be anywhere near like what he was able to what he was would normally be doing without that service. So I'm very curious and I really hope he can continue on. He's one of my favorite players. He went to the University of Arizona. I was high on him when he came out because I watched him do amazing things in college. Uh and it took a little while, but last year was him reaching his potential and I think he has all all that and more to give to this Utah Jazz team this season. I just I'm nervous that it might he might have taken a step back and if that's the case, they won't. If he takes a step back, they won't make it the plan.
0: Dallas, the Mavericks, our least favorite team to talk about sometimes. Uh, you know, I think my question is probably the same as everybody else's. My first question was, is Luca going to come in in shape? And that's already been answered. He looks great. We've seen him uh, in FIBA. We saw him in preseason. I think Luca looks great. My question is going to be, you know, is this the season he stops bitching at the refs? Remember the BEO? No. B- <laughs> what? you don't think so drew no. is is luca going to stop bitching at the refs and is this is this kyrie luca thing going to work because even in the conversation we had the other night with our friends over you know there's so much potential with with the kyrie luca thing um i still don't think it's it's the best fit in the world uh, obviously it's it's got to be difficult to play with uh luca cuz he's such a versus such a different kind of player um needs the ball in his hand a lot Uh, I just want to know if we can see this combo of Kyrie, who's one of the nicest players to ever play basketball. The guy could put the ball in the bucket at any time. Um, What it's going to mean with a full season with these guys together. And the guy I'm watching who like at times you watch him and you're like, shit, this kid is so good. Is the, is the Jaden Hardy that, that deal, you know, Uh, doesn't average a lot of points, but the talent's all there. I don't think they're deep enough to do it, to do any kind of run, um, Luca's usage rate is going to go through the roof. But like, how do you utilize the Kyrie Luca thing and maximize it to make it work? And how it works is you have to sur- sur- surround them with knockdown players, knockdown shooters. That's the only way this shit's going to work. And I just don't think they've done it. I don't think they have it. Um, they're still going to be up there in the mix. Luca's going to do his thing. Kyrie's going to do his thing. But do you think they got better?
1: Yeah. The- <laughs> The I don't know if they got any better, um, but I don't know if they got any worse either. Right. It Feels like they're kind of stagnant right now. They snagged Seth Curry. And I think that is a big addition because I think he can he can really obviously he's a great spot up shooter and I think he's an underutilized playmaker at times. So I think he can actually fit the bill pretty well but I actually see Dallas the way that I have it currently outside of the plan. I think they're going to finish again outside of the plan. I don't think they did enough to be competitive and Luca can only do so many things for an entire season. Luca and Kyrie together can only do so many things for an entire season. And that is a defensive liable backcourt, right? Mm. Grant Williams, the only guy on that team that, that really wants to play defense. And I think that, was a necessity. They went and got Grant Williams because they they let go of Dorian Finney-Smith to get Kyrie. Uh, and I think Grant will do just fine in that role. Uh, he may irritate Luca. He may irritate Kyrie some at some point during the season or multiple times, even in or games. already or yeah, already or or, or immediately. <laughs> uh, but I just don't I don't see them getting any better. I see them staying stagnant. And and so this leads to my question what panic move will Mark Cuban make at this trade deadline when it's all looking about the same and they're not actually, you know, looking like they're a contender, what panic move will happen. And uh, I think there's a couple on the table. I think the Lakers, you know, we, we resigned D and Rui Hachimura to very tradable contracts and they add up pretty nicely to Kyrie Irving's contract. So that might be in the ring for them. I hope that's not the case, but I could see that happening. Uh, will he trade away Kyrie? Will he try to trade and bring somebody else in to combine with Kyrie and Luka? I don't know, but my question is, because I assume Dallas is not going to hit the mark this year, they're not going to be uh, as good as they were in years previous, uh, what panic move will Mark Cuban make? And I think there's going to be one for sure, because I, I don't see them being very good.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Just thinking about that, maybe that's that's how that's how it happens, huh? That's how it happens. Could it be. Can't, there's something sexy about the Luca Kyrie thing, though, that we
1: all kind of want to see work. But it just it just doesn't. They're too. Well, look, I, I, offensively, it's awesome. If you could right. sub in two other guys for defense and then leave Luca and Kyrie on offense, if that was allowed in the NBA, that would right. be unbelievable, uh, and they would do very well. But you got to play both sides. Luka still hasn't figured out how to defend in the nba doesn't have the desire to defend and Kyrie's underrated i think he's actually a pretty decent on ball defender he's stronger than he looks he you know his post defense is pretty good because everyone wants to post him up uh but you know he's not a defensive stopper by any any stretch of the imagination but i think he is actually a pretty serviceable defender but luca is not so it's a tough backcourt the pelicans obviously Probably have the same
0: question. All, all I wrote down was Zion, Zion, Zion. Like, what? Are, what's going on? What are we going to get from Zion this year? We just saw him playing preseason. He looks absolutely great. Yeah. Um. The 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 whole franchise is relying on this guy, right? And then potentially what you're going to do with uh, Brandon Ingram if that happens during the season. That's my.
1: So that's yeah. That's my question.
0: Well, let me let me because I I know we wanted to talk about Zion a little bit, but we don't need to. My question is this, you know, you got Trey Murphy who is out with a torn meniscus, right? And he was a big part of that team. You need a player that's going to have to step up. One guy that I really like is Najee Marshall. And it's, I, I think he's going to be huge for them in the beginning of the year. I want to see what this guy can do because look at at, at that position. You're looking at, um, what is it? Dyson Daniels. You're looking at Larry Nance. Like this is the guy that needs to step up and be the guy that knocks down shots for them. I love his motor. I love how this guy plays. I just want to see if this guy can fill the Trey Murphy void who, you know, we've seen come along. This kid's nice, like really nice. He potentially be an all-star one, one day. But uh, I think Najee Marshall is going to be huge for them. Mm -hmm. Obviously piggybacking off the health of Zion uh, and the rest of that basketball. Oh, Herb Jones was the other one. Like Najee doesn't shoot great from three,
1: but I'd rather
0: Najee be the guy than Herb Jones or Dyson or,
1: um, Larry Hello, Nance that I position. think Herb's going to get the minutes there, but, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, my question is, what are they gonna do with Brandon Ingram? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be monitoring that very closely because that is a guy that would be highly coveted around the NBA. And if they see, uh, an opportunity to trade him away and make this team stronger and really solidify it around Zion Williamson, uh, as, as the focal point, uh, it, it could be really interesting and it could really mean something to whoever gets Brandon Ingram. Uh, obviously it'll mean something to the Pelicans, but I, I would love to see them just do it together for one time, one season, yes, Zion yes. Ingram together playing yes. as many games as possible, because I think it's special. We've seen it at times be special work in the past. CJ McCollum is very good. Uh, Valanchunas is very good. Like mm-hmm. they, they have a squad. We've said that uh, last season when they were in the number one overall seed for a period of time before it all came crumbling down. But I, I it's the Brandon Ingram question mark is what I, and, and maybe what they're doing and, you know, I far be it from me to criticize the GM down there because he's done some amazing things, uh, but he's also done some really stupid things in the past. So Griffin down there, uh, I just I don't know. So maybe potentially what they're doing is is making Ingram show them that he can be on the court, show yes. them that he prove it to them, that he can be a all star caliber caliber player, which he has been since he's been on the floor. But consistently without injury uh, and and resulting in a playoff appearance and potentially a deep run. Uh, so it might be the show-me moment for Brandon Ingram, but that's that's my question. What what happens to Brandon Ingram, and what does that mean for the Pelicans and the rest of the teams that might be in for him?
0: Yeah, because if this guy has a great season, which we all know he can have, he was on pace of doing it last year. Yeah. If he comes out and they have a good spot in the playoffs and him and Zion are vibing, then you throw $200 million at him. And then yeah. I'll bet you he stays. You know, you want the young guys – Again, I, I know I was my spicy take last year was was Brandon Ingram for MVP, but this guy stays in the gym. He has a, a shot hooper. at
1: it. <laughs> he, he he did for for about you three weeks shot there, it. about three weeks. <laughs> one, I I think the Knicks would be a very interesting landing spot for Brandon Ingram. Uh, really long, great scorer. That mm-hmm. could be a super awesome addition to the Knicks uh, because they they do lack scoring at times in one on one breakdown offense. Uh, Jalen Brunson can only do so much, so. Uh, I would look out for the next potentially going in for Brandon Ingram, OKC, the most interesting team this year.
0: Question's kind of simple: Are you ready to win OKC? Are <laughs> you ready to finally utilize all the talent that you have? You have the man in SGA. Are you are you finally ready to make that push? And my question is: Can OKC be the Sacramento Kings of last season? Can they right. be the sweetheart story? Can this be the team that comes out and finally puts the shit together? Their coach, who is really good, uh, puts it, finally puts it together. Chet had one year on the bench to actually, you know, put a little bit of weight on, get the routine of being an NBA player down. The guys ready to play basketball. We see the we see what SGA is, which is a top ten player in the NBA. Dude had average thirty last year. They have a they have a great young squad out there they got that new european kid who's not a kid he's a 28 year old rookie or whatever it is Uh who's just been dominating euro league all year it's time for okc to make the push no more lottery no more none of that shit let's ride the sga wave let's make the play let's make a push in the playoffs and let's win some basketball games it's time drew
1: yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think they can improve on what they did last year. They they were really missing rim protection and centers. They they just didn't have very many tall players on their team that were healthy. And with Chet with Chet back, I think that will really improve their situation. Uh, they got they got a lot of talent, and Shea is uh, un, undeniably one of the best players on on the planet uh, with the ball in his hands. So. Yeah, I think it's it's about building, right? It's about building on this. So like, what to me, while they got Chet back, and that may bump them up a little bit. It's not like their Chet's going to vault them all the way into like a six seed, right? Yeah. And I and I think it's it's unrealistic for us to expect any team to do what Sacramento did last year because that was just so far out of left field. No one ever would have picked Sacramento to finish third last year. And I think similarly, we we should look at OKC with uh, tempered expectations because the West is the West is really really good uh and I I'll I probably say it the all year long so unfortunately that'll be on repeat for all our listeners just how stacked this Western conference is but I do see them improving on the 10 seed I think they will get closer to an eight even a seven seed this year uh if they if they can all stay healthy and if Chet can provide the defensive pressure and and the rim protection that they were lacking last year so my question is who who's actually going to step up? To to stand alongside Shea, because if they're going to do all the things that I think they can and creep up higher than the ten seed that they finished in last year, someone's going to have to step up. They don't have to step all the way up and turn into Shea Gilgis Alexander, but somebody on the team's going to have to really take another leap, uh, leadership wise, offensive, defensive. Like somebody's going to have to do it, and I'm trying to figure out who that might be for this team. Uh, I think Lou Dort is a prime candidate. Like, can Lou Dort take the next step? Uh, and just become a better scorer and and continue to be a pretty solid uh, defender. I think I think Dort is a very stout defender. And can he can he just do better at not fouling uh, on the defensive end to keep him in more games? Because I think that has been a problem with the, the way that he plays defense. Uh, but can someone step up to help Shay out? Like the whole team is good. We we understand that, and I think everyone can contribute and will. But he can't really do it alone. He's going to have to have somebody. Uh, pitch in a little bit more and it could be one of the young guys uh definitely but i like this team i think they probably have the it's hard to say right houston's got a lot we just went through a lot of teams that have a lot of talent but i I think they may have the greatest collection of young talent in the nba which is hard which is a great spot for the nba to be in by the way that there's multiple teams that you could argue have the strongest young core Uh, i just think you know, Shea's no longer what I would consider young at this point. He's no. been in the league for a while. He's a vet now, and he's gonna be fighting for a potential scoring young. title. He's gonna you know, be fighting for a potential MVP or most improved mm-hmm. whatever else is out there for him. Uh, but I wouldn't call him young. But the rest of the team is pretty freaking young still. So uh I'm excited about what they can do and what they what they can potentially build off of for next year. If if someone like Lou Dort can just take that next step to the way that Shea did.
0: Yeah, they're gonna be fun to watch. I know everybody's Right. and you know Chet can be up for rookie of the year too. By the way, he could be competing. That, for that's of the year.
1: somebody I actually kind of like to compete with Scoot for rookie of the year. I think it really will come down to those two guys because I think Chet's team is going to be uh, winning more than most of the other rookies that we're going to be in consideration for this award, uh, including definitely Charlotte and and Brandon Miller out there and and Scoot and Wembo. So I think Chet will get a lot of notoriety because he's going to be helping this team in ways that they lacked mm-hmm. last year, and it will stand out, even if he's only averaging like 14 and 7.
0: I think, yeah, he has potential to average more than that, though. Like, he's going to take his shots. That's one thing.
1: I agree, and I think he actually is a pretty good rebounder, too, mm-hmm. for his size. So I actually think those rebound numbers should be higher, even though he's so slight. Uh, he's going to be the tallest guy on the court for most of the most of the game for them. So he uh, he should rebound well, and, and I think he will score pretty well, but Shea's I want him, you know, with more as many thirty-point games as possible. So, if that means that Chet's shots come at a, a limited premium, then then so be it. The T Wolves. We're on T Wolves now, right? Yeah, that sounds good.
0: That's where we're at. Uh, my second least favorite team to talk about the T Wolves. Easy question: Did they grow up at all this summer? Did they grow up? I know we saw what Anthony Edwards did in FIBA. Um, Another team with just a lot of talent on their team. We're, we're waiting for Ann Edwards to take that next step. He has superstar written all over him. That's all we talked about. All FIBA tournament was Anthony Edwards. Um, but did they grow up at all? like what is cat's role in this in this in this team in this scheme of things did they grow up you know did rudy grow up a little bit and understand that his role what his role is in order for this team to win cat's role ants role they also got a you know uh alexander walker who i really like 3 and d guy this yep. guy likes to be on ball play defense like can he set the tone along with rudy on defense Can they get, I mean, the boneheaded shit we've seen this team do over and over again when the, when the games mean the most, it's the most frustrating stuff. So did they grow up at all? And if they haven't grown up, meaning cat, I think, I think Anthony Edwards has, has taken a little bit uh, uh, more of that step. Um, Will they, will they finally get off the cat deal, try to trade to bring in some more pieces uh, that's what I'm looking for because if this shit isn't really vibing or isn't working by December or or you know January All Star break, it might be time to move on from Cat and get some assets in return. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, going back to Dallas, if I was Cuban, that's a great panic trade. There like, you let's go. Let's go get Carl Anthony Towns. Right? There you go. It's a better Christian Wood. Potentially. I love it.
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that.
1: But yeah, it's it, my question is also about Carl and Towns, and I'll just go specific to him and Gobert. Like, did did you guys work on it? Did you work <laughs> on it this off a little bit? You know, I know I know Gobert was playing for France, but they had a quick exit. Like, did you just figure out some spacing? Can you did you go can, to dinner and talk? Can about the this? two of you actually exist on the court successfully? Because most indications are no. They had the most success when Gobert was out with injury, and then when Carl was out with injury, they had similar success. So it. You know, the whole grand scheme of trading for Gobert still seems like a quandary. Uh, I just don't know if they can solve the Rubik's Cube in just one season here. Uh, so that's my question. Did they fucking did they did they put in the time like to try and unlock a way for these guys to play better together? Uh, and if they did, if they did, I think they they can very easily be in an, in a seven, eight, nine seed. No problem. Uh, if they didn't, it will show up in in body language frustration and losses uh and eventually the the trading of Carl Anthony towns but as of now they don't seem interested in letting him go and they made the go bear trade i think with like the twin tower like the evolution of the twin towers in their head so i think they're going to give it a full go this year but uh yeah did you if did i was you... a betting man drew yeah.
0: i would assume i would bet on the fact that they probably did not work on it
1: they're probably working on it right now right like let's just be fair it's probably they're probably working on it now but what we were hoping for is some team building some camaraderie some off-season workouts can you work on a pick and roll with gobert and towns can towns be the ball handler in a pick and roll with gobert like just work on that shit and knowing where he where where everyone likes the ball i don't know it doesn't seem like any of that took place and and as far as like the growing up question based on the numerous uh, interviews that Carl Anthony Towns gave this offseason. The answer to that question is no, because he thinks what they did was just as impressive as what the Denver nuggets did in winning a championship. So we know that he has not grown up in that respect, but I'm going with a much easier route here. Can you just spend some time together on the court? Grow
0: grow up T wolves. All right. It's your boys, the Lakers drew and I'll let you take it away. I mean, I have, I don't have many questions about the Lakers. I think the one question I have is uh, you know, Everybody wants to talk about Austin Reeves. You want to talk about AD's health. Obviously, LeBron, his age this is year seventy-two for LeBron. Uh, I want to see how far Max Christie's come along. Can this guy contribute? Can he be the guy? Uh, I, I I liked him in summer league. I saw him his rookie year. He didn't get a lot of burn last year and whatnot. But I want to see what this kid's got. There's going to be instances where they're going to need him. Uh, there's going to be nights where you know D'Lo ain't doing what D- you know what D'Lo. Does or there will be nights where D-Lo does what D-Lo does, <laughs> and you're going to need somebody. So I want to see the yeah. progression of Max Christie. I know you're high on the kid. Yeah, uh, we could talk about Ad and Braun and and Reeves all day long, but that's my question. Yeah,
1: that's a good question. I like Max Christie a lot. I think he will contribute this year. He's super long, uh, and you know we we need more long players. But he's going to be pretty low down on the uh, the pecking order there, yeah. but uh, and for good reason. We have a fantastic team. We did a great job this offseason. My so. question, if I have to pick one for the Lakers, is can we meet the expectations now? We we did everything that I think we could possibly want to do in the offseason. Maybe we missed out on a player here or there. I would have loved for us to be the ones that ended up with Seth Curry, for instance, but that didn't happen. Uh, I think we did a great job assembling a team that can deliver a championship back to L.A. I think we are championship contenders. So, But what that means is... We have to, we actually have to put up a little bit of numbers here in the regular season. I don't think it's fair for us to think, oh, we'll just switch it on in the postseason. It doesn't matter if we finish in the seven seed like we did last year. I'd love to avoid a fucking play in game. How about that? We have one of two of the best players in the NBA on our roster with a roster full of guys that are hungry, that are well fit, that look cohesive, that want to win. Uh, can we meet expectations? And so what that really means to me is we have to be in the one through four seed. We have to be a first round home court advantage team. We have to avoid the in, and we have to not travel that first round. So can AD LeBron and the rest all get us to that spot where we've, we have put, I think at times regular season wins on the back burner. And I just don't think in this Western conference, we are going to succeed with doing that this year. Can we turn it on in the playoffs? Sure. Can the matchups fall our way similarly to how they did last year and then we make a kind of surprising Western Conference Finals? Sure. Matchups are everything. But we need to give ourselves the best chance to do so, and we have to be in the one through four seeds. I will be bitterly disappointed if we don't finish in the top four if it's not due to injury to LeBron or Anthony Davis. If one of those guys goes down, then all of this shit changes. We know that. It happens for every team. But as of right now, I think we are championship contenders. So can we finish one through four? and then put ourselves in a spot to actually bring a title home. Golden State. The only question I got is, uh, is uh, Chris Paul. How is this going to work?
0: We got to see the first – we watched the first game together. Chris Paul started. What does this mean? Like, what? how is this going to work? I know we were on, on uh, our boy FD show last week, and we, we had a long conversation about it. But it's just such a weird pickup to me. It is so – it's still weird to this day, and I know we could talk ourselves into – Man, he'd be really nice with Kuminga in the second in the second unit, but how are him and Draymond going to get along? These are super alpha guys. I just I just don't see it. I don't see how it's going to work. I think Chris is going to be very professional, and I think Draymond is professional too at times. But I just it, we and we've talked about it so much that I thought it was such a weird pickup. I don't see how it's going to work. I, that's my only question. And I, I mean, we, we always talk about Kaminga. We want to see if they're going to utilize Kaminga a little more, let him, let him run. Fuck man. It's just, I, I, I don't see it. What are you going to do with Chris Paul, Golden State? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. How are you going to play Steph and Chris Paul together at the same time? Are they going to do that? Are they going to be that small? Are you going to do Chris, Steph, Clay, Dre, and somebody else? Like, what the hell? How is this going to work, Drew?
1: Talk like, me into it. That's my question is like, who's the starting lineup? So it's a similar question to yours. Like, cause that's essentially what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You trade for Chris Paul, you let go of Jordan Poole, promising young player. Obviously it was probably time to let him go based on everything that we've heard, <laughs> but why did you do this? And, and who's going to start. Right. So I, all the questions that you asked are very fair and we're going to, we're going to try and weed this, you know, our way out of this and, and i think draymond's picked up an injury right so that that, that problem becomes a little easier in the, in the interim to select a starting lineup because you don't have six guys to choose from really you have you got your five okay cool uh but yeah what are, what are we looking at for a starting lineup and can can chris paul uh win with this team can he actually help them win games uh again on paper the answer is probably yes. Like he's a great point guard. He wants to pass the ball. He's got a couple of the best shooters in NBA history on his squad. Why wouldn't he be able to succeed? But it is a whole different realm for him. He, you know, everywhere he's gone, they've played Chris Paul basketball. Everywhere Chris Paul has been. Right now, he's in Golden State. They do not play Chris Paul basketball, they play Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry ball. Uh, and that is a very unique, very tough system to integrate into. They all know each other like the backs of their hands. Uh, I think he might be isolated as well. So I I'll 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 change my question to like, when will he leave the Warriors? I think is my question. Right. When will Chris Paul depart the Warriors? will it be at the end of the season? And you know, maybe they they do something historic and, and they make another run, they win a championship, and then he rides off in the sunset, retired a champion, finally got it done. He doesn't have to worry about where he's going next. Uh will it be midseason? Will the hunt for the ring for Chris Paul move to Miami? Like, will he figure out a way to get to Miami? Because Miami could really use him. I, I mean, the more and more I think about what what are they going to do, the more I think maybe the Warriors end up with Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson or some other cool guy that they have on that team. Jaime Jaquez, whatever it is. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, when I, does Chris Paul leave the Warriors? Okay, but Chris, Chris Paul
0: basketball does work, though. It's always worked. So, like, if you can figure out to a point,
1: for- it's always worked. To a point, no, I get, but it works he's Never won a championship,
0: right? I'm saying the the way the offense flows, like it does work. I think if if Chris Paul was your backup point guard, and it was solidified that yo he is our backup point guard, and Chris and we're Paul change was our fine entire with
1: system it. to let him run that second second unit? team,
0: second team. I Understand? Totally I understand,
1: big- but that's not that's not how it works, and I think well, you know that too. There, there's not two separate. That's just not how they're they're not going to break their teams into two teams. And then Chris runs a second unit. And those are the five guys that he runs with. It's never that way. They always interchange. You're going to play with guys all the time. And when Chris is on the floor, they can't play a different way when he's off the floor. I just, that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: It's, it makes sense to say Chris Paul's my backup point guard. So I get what, I get what you're saying. If you have Chris Paul as your backup point guard, that's a, that's a good problem a, to have. That's what great I'm problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Great problem to have. We need to see, I need to see 15 games, man, of, of this. I need to see 15 right. games. To see how this works, it's just still doesn't make sense to me. It's like it's like trigonometry, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Clippers, do we ever talk about the Clippers on the show, Drew? Do we ever know. We, we, we very while. rarely talk about I've I've already covered Probably my question 20
1: minutes, yeah.
0: <laughs> I've already covered my question. Is it's I want to see Bones Highland. I would my question yeah. is Bones and Terrence Mann, these are the two guys that I want to see thrive this season. I do not want to trade away either one of these guys I think they are super important to what we do more so Terrence Mann on the defensive side I he, he's been with our with our program for four years now we have developed this kid there's no reason to trade him I think he's turning into a fucking great basketball player and we need this guy I want to see the progression of Bones Highland and Terrence Mann I think they are key to us doing anything this year Anything I know. I, obviously, we could talk till we're blue in the face about health of Kawhi and PG and everybody else. Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, can you show me what you got this season? That's what I want to know.
1: My question is: What is the total dollar amount of, in fines? What is the total do, total dollar amount in fines that the NBA will give will dole out to the Clippers for the the breaking? Shots up fired. Game? What what is it? What is it going to be? What what do you think that number is going to be? I think it's going to be close to three million dollars. If I had to guess, I would guess that you would probably get dinged five times, bringing the total three price.
0: million dollars. Drew,
1: yeah, because two two, it's a million for each one after three. So I'm just I'm whatever that is. Maybe maybe two point seven five uh, million dollars in fines. I I joke, and my real question is, Tyloo is trying to build and ramp up energy to start the season off with a bang and with more urgency. This is what I'm hearing. And will the Clippers buy into that shit? Like, will everyone buy into the, the, the need to have urgency in the regular season, something that you have not had since you've gotten Kawhi and Paul George, it's always been, let's just get to the postseason, And from there we will figure it out because we have all the pieces in place. So that's my real question. Is will will you guys actually you know treat the season with the amount of urgency? I think you need to because it's a very important year for your whole franchise.
0: Yeah, the difference between seasons past is we have Mr. Urgency. We have Russell Westbrook on our team. Nobody plays basketball with urgency like him. He's going to set the tone. I even like seeing Paul and Kawhi playing in preseason. Again, I I've never seen these guys so happy before. The the chemistry, all this stuff. I think Russell brings that. If he brings anything, it is the sense of urgency and bringing it every night. So, yes, uh, you are absolutely correct with taking the the, the season very seriously. Uh, the, the regular season, I think Russell will be the one that sets the tone with that. So I'm stoked that he's here. I'm stoked that we're going to have him for a full season. Um, again, I'm a little nervous about how happy everybody is, right? Minus Marcus Morris. He's still pissed off. Marcus Morris is still in street clothes and a little pissed off. Yeah. Pretty sure that he's got his bags packed in case there's any kind of deal that we make prior to the season starting Phoenix, Phoenix. The the, the question is kind of just like golden state. How is this going to work? How are <laughs> they going to make Beal Booker and KD really work? Uh, we got to see a sample size of them in preseason. Um, is this, is this the way to go now? You just, just, Put, is is the big three back? Is this what we're doing? Um, I'm super curious to see who's the leader of the team. It should be Kevin Durant, but Booker's been there the longest. And and now you got Beal there who's never played second or third fiddle to anybody in his life. Uh, used to being able to shoot the rock 30, 34 times a night. I don't think he's going to get that that many looks, especially when you have two other guys on the team that are used to taking 26 to 30 shots a night. Uh, I want to see how this offense is, is, is going to work. And, you know, I think they have the highest expectations in the West right now, as far as, you know, what they could potentially do. People have them in the finals already. You should be able to get to the finals with this amount of talent on your team. They still have 11 uh, minimum guys on the squad. How are you going to fit all those guys in? They just got rid of Deandre Ayton and, uh I know you hated the Nurkic pickup. I like the Nurkic, but I think I'm the only person that liked the pickup, Drew.
1: And I did if everybody had the... the Nurkic pickup, I think I hate his defense, is what I that's so I didn't hate it at all. Uh yeah, oh. I hated them giving DeAndre Aiden away for essentially Nurkic. That mm. that I didn't I didn't hate the pickup. Okay, there's opportunity for Nurkic to actually do something offensively, but he's a defensive liability, and that's the biggest problem.
0: That's my question. Just I, I, everybody always says, you know, is there is there enough basketballs to go around? I think that I don't know. Look, I know a lot of NBA players, and I think I have a read on a lot of NBA players. I don't know what Bradley Beal is, how accepting he is going to be of this role. I, I think at some point one of these three guys is going to be. Fr- I don't think it's going to be KD, but I think one of these three guys is going to be upset with whatever the shots the the shots uh, that they're getting. Uh, the the plays that are being ran for them, I think Bradley Beal is going to be the one that's going to be most frustrated about it, coming from a place where he's always been the man, right? I want to see if Bradley, because if Bradley Beal can buy in and be like, "I'm cool with averaging 17 a night," right? And Book and KD get get their buckets, and I'll facilitate as well as I can and pass the rock. I just don't know if he's that kind of player, or if he's going to be willing to do that. Because in order for them to win a championship, they're going somebody's going to have to give, right? Somebody's gonna to have to give. And who do you ask? You ask KD, one of the greatest to ever do it, or you ask Book, who's the best two guard in the NBA right now. So I think it's asking a lot of Bradley Beal, is he
1: willing to do that for the for the for the team? Yeah, that's good. I my question, I, I'm actually more I'm more optimistic about the Phoenix situation than I am the Warriors situation. And I think their expectations are legitimate, and I think they actually can win a championship this year. But my question may be, you know, the truthful question as to whether or not they can actually see it through. Uh, can Kevin Durant legitimately play the center position? Because if he can, and if he does well enough, they can be pretty fucking scary. Uh, if you think about the lineup, the lineups that they can have if he's at your five. And w- he doesn't need to play a whole game at the center, right? doesn't need to be all 48 minutes of KD at the center, uh, but especially like in fourth quarters or in a scenario where they're playing the Golden State Warriors and they only have Draymond as the center, can you match up that way and, and still be able to thrive and survive and and do all of the things? Uh, and, and mostly Kevin Durant, at five on offense, doesn't matter, one through five, it doesn't matter where Kevin Durant is on offense. It's the five defensively, right? That's the biggest problem. Can he play the center position defensively? And for that matter, can the entire Phoenix Suns Outside of Devin Booker, who I do think is a willing and good defender, can the rest of the team be on that same level? Can you all bring that intensity, Bradley Beal especially, to the defensive side of the ball? But uh, I think if Kevin can legitimately play a five, I think we will see it from time to time. if not lot every to ask, right? But it, you know, it may it may be the the wisest way to go because he's not a he's not a bad rim protector for his size and his length. He he's not a you know he's not a stopper by any means. He's not Jared Allen out here, but uh, you know he could be serviceable and that could unlock some really really cool stuff for that Phoenix Suns team. So can Kevin Durant play the five? I'm excited to see that work out.
0: I think he definitely can at times, but that's a lot to ask of of Kevin Durant. And if there comes a situation where KD has to guard. Draymond in a, in a playoff series like that, that's, he's just going to get beat up, man. He's going to get beat up down there and then have to do it on the offensive end. I think it's a fun thought though and I think you will be able to do that and that's scary
1: if KD's your five because you could do so much. There's so much yeah. shooting on that and team. There's They won't need it all the time. This is my point. Right. Like They're going to have Nurkic. They're going to have Eubanks and, and, and KD will probably be the three or the four through most of the season, which is great and that's where mm. he's spectacular. But to have the flexibility to offer something new, uh, could be, could be really intriguing. Sacramento.
0: Sacktown. My yeah. question is, was last season a fluke? Right. That's my question. Was last season a fluke? Can they do this again? They kind of surprised a lot of people. We weren't ready for the Sacramento Kings. They were ready for us. New coach, uh, new strategy, new one, two combo with, with Sabonis and, and Fox. So was last year a fluke? Yeah. Uh, you know, is Sabonis really that guy for them? Can he be the man? It should be Fox, but Sabonis, I'm just not that sold on right now. Uh, I just want to know if they can repeat it again. Can they have that same kind of energy, that same spark, uh, that same vibe, the light the beam vibe up in Sacktown this year? Did I, I think that did they get better? Um, I don't know, but they did have a full season of playing together. Can they come back and do this one more time? Like, will I be shocked if they're in the. The sixth seed, I I will not at all, but I would be. I, you know what, Drew? I would be shocked if they're still in the third seed at the end of the at the end of the year in the West. I would be kind of shocked about that. Do you yeah. think last season was a fluke?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely going to be some regression here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are good, right? Where they prove that they're good. They double down on their squad. They re-sign Harrison Barnes. Uh, they brought in Javale McGee, but they pretty much kept the same pieces as last year. And, you know, that was one of the best stories in all of sports was yes. the Sacramento Kings last season. So it's always going to be a bit of a a comeback down after you have that season. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it does. The road does not get easier for them now. They can build on what they did last year. They will. Uh, the problem is, is there's no chance they're finishing in the three seed. Their hope is like a six seed for for them is great. And I think they can. I think they can be in that six, five, six, seven, maybe. Right. I think if the, if the chips fall where they may and truthfully something that went under the radar from most folks is the Sacramento Kings had the healthiest season of all NBA teams last year. So can that repeat? Probably not. Right. That probably means they're overdue for someone to get injured, which sucks. Uh, but maybe they can repeat that. And if that's the case, then they can definitely be in the five seed, six seed, if they're able to stay healthy and, and, and execute it the way that they did and, uh, if Darren, De'Aaron Fox, and and Sabonis can sustain their performances from last, year, they don't even really need to improve that much. Those two guys individually, if they can just sustain their performances that they put out last year, and uh, and and Harrison Barnes and the rest of the guys can can you know rise to the challenge when they're called upon, they're going to be a tough out. They were a tough out last year for the for the Warriors, and I think a lot of people. Would have loved to see the Warriors go down. I know that's true for for non-Warriors fans and just maybe some of the people that are tired of seeing the Warriors all the time. Uh, I'm sure they were America's sweetheart in that series, but it didn't work out for them. Uh, I I think they are talented, but I just think last year was a fluke. To, to To answer your question, and and my question is like, is this the Kuzma destination? Like, is this? Do they look? At the fact that a lot of teams in the West are really good, and they didn't drastically improve themselves, like maybe they look at that Harrison Barnes contract, they look at that Kuzma contract, they go, okay, like let's see if Kuz can, you know, light the beam. But uh, that's my question: is 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 it Kuz? Is it Ingram? Is it is it somebody? Are, are they gonna are they gonna try and get better? Uh, because I think they they probably peaked. That that's probably as good as they could have done. With this team last year. So I don't think they're going to do any better than that. So can they get better in trading somebody for this year?
0: Well, we can both agree that Darren Fox is that guy, though. Like he's gotten better every he year. Great. We yeah. saw he he can be that guy. And it yeah. looks like Sabonis and him have a really good chemistry together. And I think Sabonis is very good. I yep. think that one two combo is nice. It's about everybody else. So uh, that was a great story last year, and I know we have a lot of Sacktown Kings fans that that listen to us. This isn't a rip on the Kings. I just think, like you said, that was definitely the best-case scenario that you could have yeah. asked for for the Kings last year. Um, rounding it off here, we got the Grizz, and obviously they're going to be the first 25 games without John Morant. Uh, the, the NBA came out today and said that it's not going to be shortened. It's not going to be lengthened. It's going to be 25 games no matter what don't ask anymore that's what it's going to be I thought the addition of Derek Rose coming back to Memphis uh where he is loved and be loved I think it's awesome to bring him bring him in there uh Derek had had said you know I'm not here to babysit anybody I'm here to to mentor and to play I want to play basketball and um you know there's been a lot of comparisons John ja morant to prime derrick rose it, because John ja morant is what derrick rose was right but do not get it twisted at any point in any conversation do you think that John ja morant is better than prime derrick rose there is nobody like that dude so i just wanted to put uh, uh, a fork in that one i just think that derrick will be a really great addition to that team Again, going back to a city that knows him very well, that loves him a lot. I'm don't. i I'm not saying that he's going to have an all-star season, but they finally have adults in the room. Once again, we asked for that last. We've been asking for it for years. I think these are two guys in, in Smart and, and Derek Rose that people are going to be uh, responsive to, and I think they're going to listen to. And I'm not saying that uh, you know, Stevie Adams can't be that guy, but I just think these guys can relate a little more to Derek and Smart, and I think it's it was smart of them, Memphis, bringing these these vets in there because they're obviously all going to be watching Jaw. We want Jaw to be back and ready to play after these twenty five games, but I think the missing of these twenty five games is really going to put a dent in their playoff run, right? So say this doesn't go too well in these twenty five games. Say you drop, you know, I don't know, seventeen of the twenty five because Jaw's a huge part of that squad. You know, now you're banking on Zaire. Uh, Williams, you know, to to come in and and be the guy because we're waiting for this guy to actually come in and and put up the buckets that they think that he can do. Um, I just think that the the Derek was a great pickup, but will these twenty five games really put a dent in Memphis playing in the playoffs
1: this year? Yeah, the good news for them is that they have a fantastic record when Jaw has missed games in the, in the past. I think they're close to seventy percent win rate, which is insane. Yeah, it, it's like high sixties or low seventies. Uh, last time I checked, which it, so it could be, I could be wrong, but uh they do, they, they have insulated themselves from the suspension. I think they're going to build on uh that, that success that they've found in the past, even though Dylan Brooks, isn't there, the majority of these guys are still there and know how to play with and without jaw. Derek Rose, Marcus Smart, fantastic additions. I don't need to say any more. You did a great job covering that. My question is, is will the suspension leave these off-court incidences in the past for jaw? Will we get through this whole season? Hopefully. I really hope so. And I think it's possible without any incidences in an incidence cr- popping up for Ja Morant. And, you know, sometimes man, sometimes shit finds you and I get that. And, you know, hopefully that's not the case for Jaw. And, and, and the thing that I'm talking about mostly is like those avoidable moments that he's had that he broadcast publicly to, the world uh and some some of the other stuff that we've gone through so can we go the whole season without stepping back into that because that's that's my hope because i think he can put it in this path in, in the past and i think people will will forgive him and and move on yes. And and the, all i want to see is success for this kid uh he is electric i i think i just i love his i love his attitude when he plays the game of basketball i think he's a good teammate um uh, i just you know i'm hopeful that 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 happens. And I actually think that the Memphis Grizzlies, with the, with the suspension, can still be in the top six seeds in the West. I think I have them, if I had to guess, I'd probably put them at a four or five seed because that team is very good. It's a good fucking team. And now they're they're without Dylan Brooks, and they got two guys in there that are, Marcus Smart especially, but but Derek Rose as well, that, that will fill those roles, those minutes, no problem. They still got Stephen Adams should be healthy this year. So I think they're they're poised to make a pretty deep run. I think,
0: and you know, shout out to the NBA too. I mean, they're letting Ja practice with the team, travel with the team, like be around the team. So yeah. I think that's going to be big for him, huge for him, probably good for the mental health to not just you know be away from your guys for 25 games and then just be thrown into the locker room. Um, I think it's yeah. going to be going to be great for him. So maybe they'll hit the hit the the court running when he comes back after the 25 games. Moving on to the world champion Denver Nuggets. Um I don't have a lot of questions but I think the loss of Bruce Brown and uh Jeff Green like two guys that were I mean more so Bruce Brown um those were big losses for them they're going to be looking for uh people to come in and step in and fill those roles I know we we both love Christian Brown he was great I think Peyton Watson another second year guy that's going to get an opportunity to come in and fill those Bruce Brown minutes that's the guy I'm looking for I'm seeing if you know Bruce Brown it's funny because nobody talked about him until last season towards the end of the season, how big he was on that team. And he was a perfect fit for, uh, for what the nuggets needed. I'm just thinking and want to know if Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, more so Christian Brown can step in and do what Bruce Brown was doing for them. I think it was a big loss for them. Uh, can they repeat too with the loss of those guys? So I I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, the growth of Brown and Watson. I want to see what happens with them, drew. I mean, it's, it's always good when you have Joker at the helm, who doesn't look, doesn't look happy to be back at work right now. I think he could have used one more week, uh, playing with the horses, but, uh, like is Bruce Brown really going to be a huge loss for Denver?
1: Yeah, I think he will. I mean, I don't think they have a guy that does exactly what he's able to, what he was able to do last year, but that they did lose a couple key pieces, including him, uh, I think Christian Brown will do great though. I think Christian Brown is a winner. He's already shown that he can play in the finals. Like that's a huge experience for a rook. Mm-hmm. The guy just keeps winning rings. But yeah, the winning winning a championship is gonna be hard this year for anybody, but especially for the defending champs. Um so my question is I'm gonna steal I'm gonna steal a little bit of flavor from Michael Malone, the head coach of the Denver Nuggets can Jamal Murray be an all-star this year? We saw how incredible he was in the postseason. He had uh, unbelievable stats all throughout the playoffs in those finals especially. Can he just continue to just do that for the regular season? Can he just do that on a regular basis? My question was going to be like, oh, who can stop Jokic and all this stupid, funny, fruity shit? But I'm like, no, the the truth of the matter is Jokic is probably going to dominate again last year, the same way that he has last two seasons. No one's going to be able to stop him individually. And when you double, he's too good with the passing. Like, it's just he's he's a machine. But what really unlocked that team last year was the play of Jamal Murray. So can that happen? Can he become an all-star for the first time? Which is crazy, because I think he's been all-star caliber for some time now. Uh, Coming off of that injury uh unbelievable performances i think he's ready to go i think we might see prime jamal murray for an extended period of time right now and i think the answer is yes i think he will be an all-star this year but he's going to have to earn it right it's not going to be easy to make an all-star team in any position uh this season so uh yeah will will jamal murray be an all-star and clips i think you know so much of championship who wins it who doesn't is comes down to luck comes down to injury and just sheer luck Yep, and and the the dice rolled in their favor last year. I think it's possible because they are that good that they can repeat. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but they're gonna have to get lucky again, right? Just like just like any team that wins gets a little bit of luck going their way, and that is in the form of injuries or, or lacking of injuries rather, health, and referees and the fractions of of you know balls bouncing out of bounds and it tips the finger of one. They're gonna have to get lucky in order to repeat along the way here, but they. They're locked and loaded, bro. I don't they they are my favorite to finish number one in the West. They're my favorite to make it to the finals again. I think they can recapture what they did last year. They got a little thing going there. And uh I, you know, I think the funniest part is like when we were on FD's pod, he was doubting them already. Uh he was already like talking like Aaron Gordon wasn't even on the team anymore, like and saying that they can't win. And I just think some people, especially because the lack of national televised games. Don't understand how good this team is. Don't understand how good Jokic is. This year, they're going to get a lot more national televised games being the, the the champions. And people will be able to see for themselves how good this team is, how good Jokic is. And I I think they're going to finish first in the West. I think they're going to finish with a pretty similar record to last year, somewhere around 55, 58 wins. I think that's going to be the number one seed. And the favorites to win the to to be in the finals uh, from the Western Conference, and that is our fifteen questions for you. you asked from- like thirty five questions. You asked a would lot. Start of questions. with a question, and then you follow mm-hmm. up with a question. I think I followed mine pretty good. So it's probably like forty two questions.
0: I like. Well, then that's what it is. We ask a lot of questions <laughs> here, but we we covered every NBA team, and those are our many questions for them. Some teams they, there are a lot of questions. It just is what it is. Uh, let's get let's uh let's get a final thought in here, Drew, and let's oh boy. get out of
1: here. Okay, final thought. Uh, I got a lot more than forty-two questions for this man, hmm. Dave McMenamin. I got I got a lot of questions. God bless you, my friend. Congratulations, congrats, sir. Dave McMenamin, and and to do it like on the down low, like he didn't, he wasn't out publicly. I dude, he if for those that no idea for people that I, I haven't even said it yet. So the people that are listening that aren't aware, uh, it was recently announced that Dave McMenamin, an ESPN reporter, uh, very good reporter for ESPN, been in, uh, on that uh, with ESPN for quite some time and covers the Lakers, covers other teams uh, for them, uh, was recently announced as being engaged to the one and only Malika Andrews, the host mm-hmm. of NBA mm-hmm. Today. Uh, very, very beautiful, very talented Malika Andrews. And it was perhaps... It, it may have sent equal amount of shockwaves through my system as the Damien Lillard trade. I think I was in <laughs> shock, maybe even more so by this news. So shout out to Dave McMenamin. Uh What a humble, what a humble dude. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm very happy with my wife. I have a beautiful wife yes, you and do. I, I wouldn't be able to, to contain myself when I was dating her, I was telling everyone I'm, I'm back together with, with my girl and now we're getting married. I'm telling everybody about it. I, similarly, I, there's no way that I would be able to hold in that I am engaged to Malik Andrews uh, if I was Dave McMenamin. So shout out to that guy. I got a lot of questions to ask you, Dave. Congratulations, buddy.
0: I had no idea. I had to reread that post so many times. I'm like, this guy, how did he f-? Whatever, man. Congratulations. God Congratulations. bless you. Congratulations. Uh, mine's going to be a Dr. Clips moment. I'm going to give a public health announcement. Right now, I would like everybody listening to the show to watch out for this new brand of mosquitoes that came out. Your boy ended up in urgent care this week, okay? I got bit by some crazy mosquito that I guess has been going around. Shit was disgusting, guys. Got bit three times. Had to go to urgent care. Thought they were going to have to amputate my leg, okay? (laughs) You're going to put on some bug repellent.
1: Wear some high socks.
0: Wear the high socks. Be like the essays. You know, Dickies high socks. If that's what you got to do, because your boy's hurt. It's. It, I, I'm still not doing too well right now. They got me on two antibiotics and some topicals. Watch out for the mosquitoes. Hide your ankles. Okay, that's all I got to <laughs> say about that. Because you do not want what I have.
1: <laughs> oh boy, we gotta get we gotta get clips and bug spray.
0: I got plenty. I have like three different brands right now. Also, they warned me. <laughs> I got like three different diffusers going on in my house at one time, and lo and behold, mosquitoes are attracted to moisture. So maybe the, the- sacrificing my my house smelling like tobacco ebony right now, which smells phenomenal, by the way, uh, I'm going to chill out on that for, for a while just so I don't get bit again. Uh, we're going to be back very shortly. Our season starts in 14 days. School is back. Class is back in session. The boys are back down to business. It's time to crush it this season. And that's exactly what we're going to do. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew and we're ghosts.